I do have nothing for that right now, but other than, you know, go fuck yourself. How about them apples? <laughs> the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Galt with your host, Ken Ken. Woo! Yeah! Keep going north, boy! Everybody to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered podcast. As usual, uh, we have the Canadian Motocross personalities that everybody knows and loves, Newfoundland. Uh, my name is Ken. Um, so, boys, you guys, uh, we didn't have a race to uh, a national race this weekend, but it sounds like you guys both had some pretty epic uh, local or provincial races that you guys were promoting. Um, Galdi, why don't you tell us about your race at Sandalee, and, and then Newf, you can hop in and tell us about yours. Well, I think I can speak for us both here by saying nobody knows you as Ken. Uh, it's Ken Ken. So Ken please, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> please do yourself proper by promoting and explaining. I'm not real fond properly. of that nickname, but I guess you don't get to pick your own nickname. So no, you no, you're fucked now, buddy. Yeah. Ken Ken the ghost. <laughs> We're going to make like a, a caricature, a caricature of you, uh, Ken Ken the ghost <laughs> yeah. as we keep moving along here. I think that'd be pretty and I, fun. And I always laugh when Ken goes the two Canadian motocross personalities that everyone knows and loves. Well, everyone knows, but not necessarily loves. Well, not everybody, but I think most. I, I think we got a pretty good percent. We're winning people over, Newf, with our, our <laughs> candid our candid podcast here, yeah, my friend. I'm getting lots of people. I had, I bet you there was another, at my race this weekend, I, I don't know, 20 or so people. I've never met them, never seen them before. Man, loving the podcast. The off-the-cuff guys love you and Newf, the bantering. And uh, they love and Ken Ken. Nobody ever says Ken, by the way. It's always Ken Ken. So yeah. um, I think we might have to get a butt patch on your callous moto gear there. Ken, yeah, that'd be get good. That, <laughs> well, this set up. But at um, Calgary, I had I had people coming up to me that I you must have told them who I was or something because I had people come up and introduce themselves and say they love the well, podcast. I'm surprised they could fucking find you because yeah. Mister. <laughs> I just said I go there. look for the six foot five guy in the fucking clown car with his head sticking to the roof. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it does and have a it looks like a piece of shit and yeah. it looks like a piece of shit <laughs> oh jeepers um yeah i i, I had uh sandalee this was the last uh a and q uh, on the um on the schedule across or actually was yours an a and q this weekend Dave? no okay so mine i think i was the last a and q across the country as far as the amateur national qualifiers go for uh for the transcan so it was a um, i was up against a couple of events but still, banger weekend, uh, just about uh, just over 600 entries. And Friday, or I guess it was Saturday morning, like 3, 4 o'clock, I get woken up with just torrential downpour rain. They hadn't had a bunch of rain in a while out there at San Lee, so in the Ottawa area, um, which is kind of funny because at the beginning of the year, it was like nothing but torrential downpours and like shutting down the, the town and, and areas and all this. And then it went super dry. And then we get this rain on Saturday morning and I'm like, I wake up like, well, uh, it's going to be a mutter for practice. Uh, people will be all pissed off, blah, blah, blah. And it was a little bit slippery, muddy in the morning. Kevin did a, uh, Kevin Tyler who owns uh, MX 101. Fuck the track was slippery, but it was just mint. And then by after the first session of practice, like literally from that moment till like the final checkered flag on Sunday over the two days, it was unreal. I felt like shit, not racing. 
because it was just everybody came up. Oh my god, it's so good. There's lines everywhere. The best this that. No medic calls. Yeah, it was a banner banner weekend as far as a promotion goes. I was pretty pumped. Everybody had a lot of fun. We did pit bikes. We did parent racer relays. Uh, my Stasic, I had like twenty five Stasic racers. Wow. wow. And the worst part of that was is these fucking parents don't sign them up. So uh, I'm like, you know, I always I got these goodie bags. Amy, my wife, makes these goodie bags for the kids, right? Like, you know, our sports now, new. If you know it, everybody's a fucking winner. We got to give something away to make them, you know, be a part of it and all that kind of stuff, which I'm fine with at that age. But um, anyway, luckily my old lady's crazy and makes enough bags, or I would have come up short. But um, yeah, it was a oh man, it was top shelf. The biggest pit bike turnout, the biggest uh, Stasic turnout. Um, like like I said, good good on the gates. The track was amazing. Kevin Kevin was pumped all weekend. It was uh, yeah, super super good. And then Noof, you can go into yours. You called me on the way home, and it almost sounded like pretty identical on uh, each each end of the prov- each end of the country, which is cool. Yeah, same kind of thing. Got lucky with the weather. Uh, Pemberton, fun place to go just outside of Whistler. So a bit of a shit show getting there and getting home. But um, There's only uh, one way in and out, right? Only one way in and out. There was a big accident coming home. And yeah, it was a bit, it's, yeah, it took like four hours to go two hours, right? So, but uh, yeah, no, weather was, weather was fucking awesome i would say arguably the the best conditions we've ever seen that track didn't have to water no dust no mud um yeah it was it was good all around not a lot of drama few idiots of course right it was it's funny the same idiots always appear at every race that's what the common denominator is these days yeah uh, uh, did, did they did they start the conversation the same like i don't want to be that guy or hey like i'm not trying to point something out it's almost like when in Talladega Nights, like with all due respect, and the guy's like, you can't just say that and then say whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. you're still well, being rude, right? Yeah. Like, you're still. Well, no. What, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But what what happens is, and this might be a bit of an administration issue on our end. I'm not fully blaming the customer for this. But as you know, people don't take accountability for their actions or know oh, yeah. that they're semi-breaking the rules anymore, even though they've been told numerous times, but they continue to try to fly under the radar, but then their kid ends up winning the class, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, how did this even, how did it sneak through again? And, like, you've been told numerous times, but then they still want to argue with you about why they should be allowed to ride a certain class or whatnot. So, just similar, just stupid little things like that, and it's probably partially on our fault, but why can't people just, like, hey, you were told not to do this, so just don't do it anymore? So uh, I'll pump up my system a little here, Noof, and I hope I wish you guys would take advantage of it. So on the live laps, I can take that class out so they can't register for it, like online when they register for the event. Like you can't do that on the trackside system. So if people did that, I could stop it as they go in, right? And then if they go like the trailer with the ladies, uh, like if they go to the, you know, the trailer and the girls, they don't know that part. And they're like, oh, I want to sign up for that. Um, You know, then that's an administration issue because we don't, and everybody knows the thing. And then I don't know, I would throw the damn black flag. I had a black flag two two kids this weekend because they were in the wrong classes. And um, but yeah, on the live laps, that's kind of cool. Like they can they can add it on their original membership. And then once I say they've been advanced or they moved up or they can't ride the class, I just take it off their, their thing and they can't that's register cool. for it. Anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So the uh, track side, you can't do that. So yeah. Just just stupid little things like that. But overall, good. No real injuries. Um yeah, it was a good weekend. We're on summer break now. We take summer break out here. 
which is kind of a little bit weird, but good for me personally. Um, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's good for your sketch. <laughs> selfishly, yeah. We yes. Don't race, we don't race again until September. So well, I'm this weekend and then I'm on a big break um, till uh, end of August. So not quite as long as yours, but um, yeah. same sort of thing, kind of break for the, we break for the, all the nationals out here and, and, you know, I do the TV and just kind of travel the East coast. And so that me and you are going to connect here soon for our, our 60 day adventure. Um, yeah, uh, then, we won't, then we'll have to pretend we like each other on these. We do a good job of that. That's all. That's, that's our gift. <laughs> yeah. That's our gift. Um, what do you think, uh, question for you right off the bat here, Gully, what do you think, and I mean, obviously you're not, you don't have a fucking crystal ball here to look into, but you you were just talking about torrential downpour, Sandalee, you think we're going to get some crazy weather? It seems like the weather's been fucked up all the way across Canada this year. Yeah, I uh, I can actually attest to that. This weekend going to Walton, we look like we might get a little bit of rain, not as much, but last night at my house. I don't know if it's the most rain I've ever had when I lived here, but I literally had leakage through my, in my basement because um, there was it rained so much. Uh, Sandalee yesterday got like 50 mil of rain. So, yeah, we could be we could be in store. It's, uh, you know, if you look at those farmer almanac typey fucking weirdo things, whatever those are, it says we're supposed to get a lot of a lot of wet uh, rain uh, this summer here. So, yeah, I mean, the heat's still coming, but we're getting the rain. It was like 30 degrees um they're like 27 degrees on on that friday morning or so saturday morning sorry with that pouring rain coming down so yeah. you got out of my trailer at you know 6 30 in the morning or whatever it was 5 30 in the morning and it was hot as balls and then super wet yeah. um so it's uh yeah we could be in for some wild uh wild stuff out um when the boys come east for sure we know it's going to be hot that is that is not a, uh, a fall, yeah. you know, that's not, you can't hide from that, but yeah, the week, whether it's uh, rain or some thunder lightning type stuff, it's been a little bit crazier on here for sure. With the, um, I drove from my house last night, full pouring rain and not even 10 minutes sun shining. Like I took my kid to soccer yeah. last night and we were driving there. Oh, they're going to cancel this. And we got there 10 minutes. I'm like, Holy fuck, it's beautiful here. Like, yeah. so yeah, super, um, super strange, but yeah, we'll see how it rolls in the national, uh, before I get into my sponsor reads, uh, Ken, I brought this up just before we got on um Newf is he is humble on his social because he's just bad at social um you know when you get a couple beers in him he likes to tell stories of where he was and when it was and who he is and all this kind of shit but he did you notice that he posted two different um stories of slow-mo Newf racing this past weekend so i i didn't know if he maybe took some budget and paid these social networking guys to video him or people just saw him riding well, but he shared it. That's not like the news. He doesn't share like that. Ken, I, I yeah. don't know what your thoughts on that. It's, it's new to me. Well, it's good. He's you're a good rider. Newf. he should share it as much as he can. If I could ride like that, I would be on Instagram. <laughs> I'm just getting like the dots are getting connected for the East coast swing here. I'm coming in fucking hot, buddy. We're <laughs> racing. We're going to be racing each other every weekend. So oh, really? Um, a race? You, oh, <laughs> I got nothing. I do have nothing for that right now, but other than, you know, go fuck yourself. How about them? Apples? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they just announced all the classes there. So 40, we'll be meeting up in the 30. As long as I can get riding. Fuck, I haven't rode in like no. ah, two months. No, we'll no not meeting, that long. No, we'll be meeting up in your bullshit plus 25 classes. No, that's up. not my class. It's not my schedules. You can ride. No, they have. 40 open, 30 open, and under 30. Where? At the Triple Crown. Oh, do they? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I it's, didn't four, even see that. it's 40, 30, and under 30. So you do 30 and under 30, and I'll do 40 and 30. 
Hey, and, uh, did you build? I was looking yesterday on uh, Deschambeau Ecan stuff. I was sending a link to a guy to sign up. Did you build that schedule for them? Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Not too bad, right? I, I liked it. Yeah, I. I I only got one uh, beef with Timmy. He'll be the referee there. He didn't like the uh, dual hot lap with my 65, one of them, and then the intermediates. And I'm trying to tell him, like, we no, send the intermediates out first, yeah. and then the 65s go behind them. So he's like, I've never seen that before. And then I said, I, I had a hot lap at West Can that was Pro-Am in 50s. I sent him, I sent him the yeah. ones of yours. He's like, how do the four classes go in one lap? And I'm like, dude, it's a slow lap. All yellows are raised. You're not yeah, we, jump. we get them yeah. to we get them yeah. to raise yellows the full time. There's no jumping yeah. or anything like that. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, you like that schedule? So, hey, our stuff's done like pretty early. I think we get to look after the kids in the afternoon, and I think I looked after it that way. I can't remember how I did it, but no, I didn't look at it like super close. But um, I like that you separated 50 GP away from. <laughs> 65 class that was a little weird one right last year yeah no 50 gp um, gets its own moto this year and it'll be like a cut track like it'll cut after uh you know like the triple crown finish line is down yeah. that straightaway they'll turn left before they drop down the hill and yeah. connect in where the uphill connects there and then do that section so the guys can work up up on the big downhill uphill on the back um yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm wish, proud and i know i mean I, there's only so much time but God, I wish the kids didn't race on that little track at all. It just gives me anxiety. It, you know what it's like over there. It's just for whatever reason, there's just a lot of stress. It'll be different this year. Well, but twelve gates though, or ten gates? No, there are. They've already uh, made more than they've doubled the gate, and the start oh. now is going. You know where it went straight, right? It's going to be to the right. They took out those trees. Ah. Uh. It's going to come out of the field to the right, and then take a hard right into the long straightaway. So it's not going to be wide no. open. No. <laughs> yeah. Just like right out of the gate, wide open to the first obstacle. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, a, there's a difference there. And then uh, I'll be doing it. So mamas and dadas or grandpas and grannies can get the fuck off the track this year. So it's, it's not going to be, be it's no. not going to be French gate pick one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, no. eight, nine, ten, And then it, an English guy. It'll be random. It'll be random for moto number one, just like it is at all the races, boys. That's how she works. Yep. All right. All right. Big shout out to KTM Canada, the competition and aggressive of the orange brigade, the Husqvarna Canada, simple, progressive, accessible and dynamic. And of course, gas, gas, the community brand, um, fun of riding. Uh, big shout out to Allison Thompson and the KTM group out there. Big thank you to those guys jumping on board and supporting Canadian Motocross Unfiltered and our friend the Newth, the Slow Mo Newth from the weekend. Race Tech. Race Tech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years of providing factory level suspension to the everyday rider. Did you know that you can get the same great product settings and services that Race Tech offers locally to you uh, with a tuner you can drive to and likely see at your local races? Well, our local guy is Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension out of Alberta. Uh, super great guy. He actually uh, did not sell the business to go pro because of the amazing ride he had at Calgary. Two <laughs> motos with points. He's still in business. So CGR Suspension at CGR Suspension on Instagram or find us here um, at uh, Canadian Motocross Unfiltered. And we'll direct you over to Charlie. And all Race Tech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. So big shout out to Checkers and Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension for that. Uh, Bristol Coachworks, custom moto van builds right here in Canada, whether they are full-on builds or just accessories for making basic moto vans for the Weekend Warrior. Um, uh, years ago, they built the Hubert Monster Energy Kawasaki 
Sprinter, who I've touted about, that was our par- our lights and party vehicle. The only thing missing was a DJ booth. Uh, maybe we get that marshmallow head guy in there one time. That would have been cool. <laughs> uh, the McNabb's uh, current Sprinter is all decked out by Bristol Coachworks and the front lounge of the Haunted Canada GDR rig. If any fan ever wants to see what Bristol Coachworks did at the GDR rig, just walk under the tent. You don't even got to ask. Just walk up and go check it out. Um, they do a little everything. RV repairs and refurbishment, full upholstery division to do boat and vehicle interiors, a 55-foot-long paint booth uh, to, for commercial trucks or vehicles. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Bristol Coachworks. They always have cool stuff up there. And callousmoto.com, Canadian brand focused on the ride, fueled by passion. 100% of the proceeds go directly back into the sport. Remember to use that code CMXU at checkout um, for a 20% discount on all items out there. So callousmoto.com and the code at checkout is CMXU for 20% off all your items. Uh, please use it, guys. For those who listen, use it. Buy some stuff over there, whether it's just something small or if you're getting full-on uh, head and toe gear. And I'm sure you boys on here have checked out their uh, uh, Instagram lately. They got a pretty sick-looking um, line of mountain bike stuff. Yeah. Um, and they actually, the, the designs and colors are pretty cool. I'm actually um, – I it's still a little probably tight for my fat ass, but I, I think I might end up having to purchase some of that here for uh, – my mountain bike adventures. I have a few funny ones to tell about those. Um, but yeah, callousmoto.com, CMXU is the code. Um, and uh, we got just kind of a laid back show, Ken. I think we got some fun to talk about. Before I tell you this story, guys, listen to this. So I'm leaving Santa Lee uh, on the weekend. And because uh, right now I'm squinting at my computer screen to read these reads because I lost my fucking glasses. <laughs> so it's so hot at the end of the day. I dip my uh, rag into this, my, my uh, cooler. has got like cold water in it, right? Cold, uh, all the ice is melted. So I'm looking at wiping my head and take my glasses off. I set them on the back of the truck. Boom. Fucking drive away. Drive away. Yeah, away, I drove yeah. away and left my fucking glasses on the back of the truck. So I've got this cockeyed old pair that are decent, but not bad. But if I took a picture right now, my head is about six inches from my computer screen reading these, <laughs> uh, these reads. So I'm a little blind at the moment. I got to go get a new, uh, new pair of New pair of glasses coming up here. Um, what the hell else did I do yesterday? I did something else. Early on site or some early uh, dementia setting in on either, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah. Something else I did yesterday now. And Amy was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I don't know what happened here. I lost my glasses. I've lost this. I forgot something else yesterday. She was laughing her ass off about it. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, no hair, dementia, fucking old, getting hurt playing baseball. Like, it's a fucking rough road right now, boys. I'm struggling. Yeah, struggling. I like how you. I like how you posted that video of, or the, not that video, that photo from behind. I look like I'm in good shape, don't I? Come on. Yeah, fucking calves. Yeah. My arms look in shape, but yeah. I, would, I turn, I was I turn around. Send, I, I was gonna send you a link to a local chiropractor. You look a little hunched over. Is your back all right? Uh, my back is fine, but I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to a chiropractor or done anything like that in a lot of years, so yeah, I could probably use a tweak. You need to get a ring dinger. A ring dinger. What the hell is that? Google it. That sounds like something you use for sex on your wee wee. <laughs> uh, Google YouTube it. Ring dinger. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ring dinger. Ring dinger. Okay. Yeah. I I um. I'll find I, it. And my I'll kid, tweet my, it out for the list. My kid. Yeah. There you go. There's the ring dinger. My kid was hitting dingers on baseball last night, but I don't know where ring dinger is. Uh, okay, Ken. Which way do we go? Which way are we starting here? Because this, I think this is gonna be fun. We got some good questions, and I got I got a cool, a funny story to tell later on. Like we don't really have. We don't need to talk national stuff. There isn't a lot going on, and we can no. obviously give an up, update on the East next week as we uh, get prepared for yeah. the deepest and roughest sand track in the world. 
Okay, well, maybe let's just do listener questions first, and then we can hop into the stories that you guys were talking about when we were texting back and forth. Okay, so we got our first email question. Uh, For listeners that don't know, if you don't use social media, head over to our website, just hit the contact button, and we have a contact form. You can send questions in that way. Uh, So this is from... And the website is, Ken? Oh, uh, cmxunfiltered.com. There we go. (laughs) There you go, yeah. Uh, If you just Google the podcast name, it should be the first thing that pops up. Uh, so this is from Jean-Guy Simard. Uh, he says, uh, first of all, interesting and funny podcast. And then his question is, and I've kind of wondered this because I, I heard uh, Mathis do a podcast with the team manager and he was Canadian and he knew a lot about Canadian moto, but uh, he asked, why does team solitaire not race in Canada? Uh, Galdi, I guess, hop into that and let the listeners know why. Um. Well, I mean, one of the uh, half owners, Chris um, Elliott, right, Noof? Chris Elliott, yeah. Yeah, Chris Elliott is from North Bay. Um, he's a little, uh, or sorry, from Northern Ontario. I think he's actually Timmins area. Um, anyway, he grew up racing in Ontario, uh, just a Canadian fan, actually comes from the era of uh, myself and Noof and like Mesley um, okay. doing a lot of the nonsense that we did back in the day. He's actually shared some stories and used to love coming to like some of the races back in the day in Ontario. Um, so there is a half Canadian element and a uh, hot sauce or Heart, heartbeat hot sauce, yeah. heart, heartbeat hot sauce. Sorry, Chris heart. If he listens, heartbeat <laughs> hot sauce is also from Canada. So, I mean, there's a lot of fingers pointing to say, Hey, why aren't you doing our series or why don't you, but I, I think it probably just comes down to logistics. You know, the, the main owner or the other half owner is Ryan Clark, who used to be the privateer hero back in the day. Okay. Um, for solitaire racing, you started that brand. And uh, I just think that it probably just comes down to logistics because it's probably not a huge cost thing. It's way cheaper for an America team to come up here, but to get the rig across the border, the paperwork, the sort of nonsense that that takes place. Um, and then, you know, making sure mechanics have passports and uh, getting uh, stuff like that. And then if they wanted contingency, they would need Canadian bikes. So they would have to either buy Canadian bikes because they're already are yet, you know, they are in Yamaha's, but Yamaha teams up here are already filled. Um, I think it just probably comes down to just logistics and and um, and timing to make it happen. I don't really think it's like a, we don't want to do it or we would never do it. Um, I don't know, Nuf, you got any more on that one? Well, they're not a they're not an outdoor driven team either. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for one, I mean they're Supercross only. I mean besides the heartbeat hot sauce connection, all the rest of the funding or sponsors and everything is all U.S. based. So. Um, but I think it just boils down to, like Baldy said, logistics, and I don't think that they, I, like I said, they're not really interested in doing outdoors, right? They're not doing outdoors in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so right. I think that just boils boils down to it. Even though there is a Canadian connection, it just uh, yeah, it's not in the cards for them. Okay, uh, next one they, is they hate Canada. They <laughs> hate Canada. <laughs> okay, like Noof Noof hates his roots back east. They hate Canada. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll clip that out and put it on Twitter for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Next one's from Brett Clark uh, on Twitter. What percentage do you give the WSX race to succeed in Vancouver? I don't know if percentage is a good way to to do it, but it, it's kind of just random. But uh, Newf, you're closest to this thing. What uh, what chance do you think this race has to be like a success? And maybe even just or define have, what have a success is. Too. Yeah. Have you heard anything either? Right. Or, or... Uh, I haven't heard anything. Uh, lately, because as I had said back there a few months, I've kind of washed my hands of it yeah. um, with the whole CMA thing. But 
the I mean, there there has been people still reaching out looking to volunteer and stuff, and I've just been passing it on to Courtney, and she's been passing it on to CMA because they're organizing all the volunteers and stuff like that. But I mean, I give it I give it a fifty percent chance. I, I I mean, I don't know if you can go much higher than that. I mean, that series just seems already. I mean, they're going round one this weekend, Birmingham, England, I believe, where it's at. Yep. They've already canceled the second one, which is was the French France, one. Yeah, was that? Yep, France, yep, yeah, French one, which is crazy to me because I don't know if you guys watched Josh Hill's vlog from the past weekend, but he did the first round of the French series over there, and the fucking stadium was packed. So I had heard that they canceled the French one of World Supercross because of low ticket sales. So seems a little weird to me. I don't know, man. The series... When you're canceling and adding, when the when the thing's about to get going, it just makes you nervous. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, and I mean, this is sort of um, if you look at the way the FIM or MXGP stuff right has gone, they're always changing in and out during the year as well. That's like they've true. always right yeah. when they do things. So it, it seems like it's a, I mean, just the damn travel and getting shit to these places has got to be an unbelievable endeavor in its own. Um, right. And then, and then all of a sudden, like you said, Noof, when the fuck have you ever heard of a French race having a hard time selling tickets? Yeah. Well, the stadium on the weekend looked like, I mean, it was big. It was a legit supercross, And I don't know, there had to be 30 or so thousand people there. Oh, wow. July 1st at Birmingham, then September 30th in Singapore, <laughs> two months off. Like it is not a good look at all. And of course, it's not, they're not make, this isn't their choice. This isn't what they want, right? They're, 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 they're handling some difficult things, right? Adam Bailey is the only one at the helm now, right? Yeah. Uh, Tony yeah. Cochran and Adam Bailey's Austrian counterpart is not involved anymore. So that obviously has got some, you know, ruffled some feathers. Um, the, the teams, according to like, when you listen to like uh, Paul Pamex or even Lewis Phillips over at Vital MX doing it, like I listen to all these podcasts, yeah. they're basically sharing that, the teams are not paying riders enough. Um, although, if you did, did you see the purse payouts? Yeah, oh. yeah that's huge, right? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, um, per round, like it's the money is unbelievable. But it goes to the um, team, right? Like not the rider. The team then decides how much of that the rider gets. Isn't that how it works? I think the only rider that gets it is probably Roxon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he's just getting a lump sum and doesn't get the money or something. However, it works for him. But I, heard, I don't know. I heard through. A, very reliable source of what he's getting for money and it is insane. Oh, I've never heard the number either, but I've heard of well, it's a three year, it's a three year deal. Oh. Um a three year deal lump sum per money per year or, or yeah per year type of thing, right? So yeah. So I have good for it's him. In the millions. It's in the millions put it that way. Yeah. Um so anyway the, the Canadian one is still supposed to take place on October twenty eighth. Basically a Halloween uh, weekend type event. You know, maybe they could spin it for the kids and all stuff like that. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, the percentage. I'm lower than Noof, man. I'm. I just. I, I. I actually, we just did this thing in Calgary with Courtney. You know, the CMA has been a lot more helpful right now with the um, uh, the donations type thing, which is awesome. That's super cool that they've got some people in there that seem to kind of give a shit now, and it's been a little easier for Courtney to do things. And again, their involvement in that is not really that big. It's just a matter of fact of signing the team up getting the riders uh, their their FIM licenses it really doesn't have a lot to do but with this there is a lot for them to do and i i honestly think that they're 
they're too out of touch to yeah. get that side of things going. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is just phone calls. And, but they burnt the bridge with Noof a little bit, although he'll probably drop his pants again. I'm fucking no, he will. <laughs> um, but uh, you know what I mean? They burnt that bridge, but like, they don't have that guy on the floor that could be like, Hey, I need fucking, I'm going to call. I got 10 of my friends. Like I need 10 guys. I, you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. not that, that person. And I think that's just going to come back and bite them. Um, and I don't see, so tickets, no tickets aren't re- Oh, you can register for presale. What if you hit this button? What's it do? Just takes you to get the jump. I didn't know if it maybe told you a number for pre-sale tickets or, or whatever, but, um, so yeah, the tickets are not on sale yet for this event. Um, but, uh, you can buy tickets for the first two at the moment. So September yeah. 30th, you can buy tickets for, and, and if, does it have a cost in here? FIM world supercross tickets. Uh, there's no cost. Oh, that, oh my God. What? 128 bucks Holy. for an adult ticket in Singapore. Well, what kind of money is that though? What, what, what is, what, uh, yeah, good point actually. Where, okay. What's the USD or yeah. English is the pound, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. is, is in pounds or, or yeah, pounds. like pounds. So a ticket, I wonder if it's, does the same thing here. Ticket here. So this is, uh, what the fuck is this? We care about except the cookies. All right, fuck off with the cookies. Just let me look at the thing. <laughs> cookies, eh? Thirty-one fifty-six euro. Yeah, so that's that's about, that's about seven bucks Canadian. Yeah. No, it's isn't it more? Isn't it like isn't it like fifty percent? Isn't it? No, maybe not. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, yeah, fifty, sixty bucks. So okay, it's probably around the same then if you look at whatever the Singapore uh, uh, money is. But anyway, um, I, I I give it less percentage. I'm I I, I hope it happens just for the sake, but. If they're struggling to get fans to buy tickets in France, then like God be with them to get people to buy tickets in, in fucking Vancouver. Yeah. Well, we talked about before. I mean, Adam Bailey told me straight up that what he would consider a success is thirty thousand people. So that's the benchmark is thirty thousand people. So I mean, wow. I mean Do we even have thirty thirty thousand fans in our country? Well, no, we don't. <laughs> we certainly don't, but you have to hope that some people come up from the western state you know what i mean california yeah, yeah but you've Oregon. brought that up already so, the, i know but I'm, the, the normal people don't have a passport i know to get across the border yeah i know right so i don't know we'll see i again i'm not at all I, i'm not as optimistic but even newf was not as optimistic either with 50 percent. i'll give it like i said on twitter i said 38 percent just to fucking put in a number okay a little bummer from the from the the series side of things on the canadian content Colton. yeah um, yeah, I just read that actually. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was, that was a good little deal for him. I thought, you know, that would have been a great series for him to with club. You know what I mean? Obviously, oh, yeah. Um, that's right in his wheelhouse. So I didn't even know he was struggling with back issues or whatever, but bummer for him. He's out. Josh Cartwright got the ride at the last minute there. So, mm-hmm. um, and then other thing I noticed did you see Goldie, the vision built guys are building the tracks? All of them? I don't know. They're in Birmingham. I did not know that. So there's a there's a cool link. I did not know that. Oh, I read it, and I don't know the pull. I don't know if they're the sole track builders or I, I don't know. I saw I followed them on Instagram, and I saw that they posted a story from Birmingham of dirt coming in and shit like that. So well, interesting, interesting, very interesting. Um, yeah. the uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. Okay, uh, 
One more question here from Twitter. Uh, this is Reed Lapine. He always gets questions into us. We've done two or three of his questions already. Fucking um, Reed loves the questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so his question this week is rate the first national, first three national events in order, best to worst, then tell us what each event can do better next year. So obviously, I think we all agree on what the worst one was. Maybe, maybe go worst to best and then uh, start from there. So, Noof, why don't you go ahead? Edmonton... Calgary Kamloops. The reason I put Kamloops as number one, because I thought it produced closer racing in the top three in the 450 class. Yep, I can see with that. With Dylan, the way that he rode that weekend, with Moff being really on it and T-Dags being the best he's been all year. Um, Calgary now, of course, I you know the facility, the track, everything worked out. The racing was really good, but besides, you know, T-Dags was a little off the pace, so to say, for the most part. Um, Moff was hot and cold, depending on the time of the moto. And Dylan coming from behind and Pettis running away with moto one, I thought it just didn't, it didn't have all the, the stars didn't align for the top four guys to be on it where, Pettis was a little off the pace in Kamloops, but the top three were literally throw a blanket over them both motos. I could go with that. Actually, that's not a bad. That's not a bad selling feature. I was pretty much going yeah. just because you're a biased dick at your own event. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I could go. Kamloops was fucking gnarly motocross. Like Calgary was was really good for racing. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it wasn't that gnarly fucking hot uh, line selection type of thing. I mean, Kamloops was real motocross. Um, I'll just go the opposite of, but not really because anything's shittier, but I'd say it goes Edmonton, Kamloops, and then Calgary. But my, my bias is Calgary gave me VIP and fucking free pork sandwich lunch. Yeah. I can get behind <laughs> that. Why am, yeah. why am I? And we got to hang out at that bar and yeah. I actually got to go to it. So I, I'm definitely biased on my side of things. Um, and, and I, did you give your fixes, Noof? My what? Like your what, fixes. What can like each what event do better? do better next year? Oh no. Well, I'll Edmonton. Do- uh Edmonton needs new dirt. Uh Kamloops needs to be 35 kilometers closer to town. Yeah. And and Calgary needs to get their fucking weather under control. <laughs> hey, like I, I heard so many people complain about the distance to the track for Kamloops. I'm like, did it get longer or something? It's been that way since we've ever been there. Well, it hasn't moved. No, yeah. it actually the road gotten better. Yeah, oh, I, think uh, too bad. I mean, it's always been long, but just but fucking. When, but when you're doing it two times a day, it's that's you know, it's it's 45 minutes, so you're 90 minutes of driving. Yeah, I get, and like all the hotels are at the top of the hill, right? At least, yeah. yeah. So I, for me, I don't really the drive doesn't bother me to stay at the track, but yeah, for the yeah. most part, for these guys, I mean, you got to go all the way through town to get to a hotel. Um, it does suck for that part, but I mean, once you're there, it it produces, right? Yeah. Um, mine are sort of similar. There's Edmonton, I think the idea, the concept, the whole thing, it's a winner and it can be a winter winner, not winter. Um, it's just I think less less on the indoor side of the drag or uh, the the oval and more to the outside where the old track was. Now, how you can incorporate that because obviously there's better seating and stuff on the inside things. That's something that would have to be worked with, but uh more on the outside and maybe just or take that soil that's on the outside of the uh, track and then put it on the inside to make that part better uh more equipment more staff um more water um to prepare for such things 
and more just more preparation in general. You can't build a track on Monday before a national. Yeah, you got to go out there three weeks before, and that's that's a fault of the Triple Crown. Okay, they, they can you know they have to soak that up. That this is their series. They should have had they should have had them if it's a vision built guys. They should have had them out there three weeks before one guy just pushing dirt, bringing stuff in, moving it around, sifting it through it, putting water in it. Just eight to ten hours a day. If it was one guy, yeah, it's a shit job. But out there three weeks just massaging everything, right? Getting it prepared for uh, for the, the the hard week that leads into the national. Uh, Cam Loops, I mean, you, you struggle. It was so hot. So obviously maybe you prepare um, with more water going into the event. Um, I think you, you said, Noof, that everybody struggled with a little bit of staff. Guys quit on you guys last minute. That's not really your fault. You can't fucking yeah, do that. But I that. think it's that's to the point of like you need to – reach to the people that give a shit about the sport, I guess maybe because they won't let you down and you find a way to either put them up in a trailer on the weekend, whether how you pay for it, I don't know, but obviously those are harder to do. Um, but, um, and then Calgary, um, I think the only thing in Calgary is just the parking. I think yeah. they, they just run out of room a little bit there. Um, yeah. and again, it was packed, right? Like we saw lots of, it was busy even yeah. with the, uh, semi sort of shitty up and down weather. Um, but like, it's almost like they need for that particular weekend, they 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 flatten that sort of kids track as you're coming in on the right hand side, yeah. um, to allow another little bit of extra spot for parking. But I mean, it, it almost resembles Deschambault a little bit, eh, Noof? It's, uh, yeah. Like, like maybe not quite as quite as bad, but um, I think because of where it is, how it can grow, how easy it is to get the 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 word out there. That place is always packed, and it's always a good national. And we just proved this year, even with weather, that is questionable. Um, but, um, yeah. The, I, uh, the parking, for sure. And, I mean, I, I've been saying this for a couple of years now. I mean, West Can should be going to Calgary. But the one thing that holds us back is the parking. Yeah. Right? I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's the facility. It's the, it's, it's the location. Everything, you know, is thumbs up. It's just the parking gets tight um when you start putting five you know we got five or six semis now you put in there and all the privateers with their big rigs man it gets uh yeah it fills up it gets full but um there is no feeling like calgary when you're when you're standing there watching and the fence is complete i mean there's no question calgary gets one of our biggest turnout for spectators yeah. um yeah so that that feeling of seeing everybody lined up along the along the fence is uh definitely gives it a gives it the atmosphere that what we want for canadian national you know actually it's i was listening to another one of the uh, vital ones with lewis phillips i like those ones that they do after the gps because they always have some inside stories about the riders and stuff and they were talking about some of the rounds that they're going to <clears throat> they can't go anymore because the facility can't accommodate the series and yeah. what they mean by that is because of all the fucking rigs yeah it's not a matter of the yeah. people with one car or the fans coming in. It's the rigs and the, and the amateurs uh, or on their side of things, maybe it's the EMX amateur or whatever that is bringing in. And, and, and I'm even dealing with this on ammo side of things. Like I can't go anywhere. Like the parking uh, part has to be almost better or well, it is now it's better than the tracks. Yeah. Like I have to have so much room um, to park all these damn rigs nobody comes in, in small things everybody's got huge fifth wheels and trailers and yeah. extra sprinters and and then of course the, the semi truck so it's a bit of a, a a pandemic as well for for some of the facilities for sure and um but um i mean it's a good problem to have but it is a problem yeah so okay goldie you said you had one from uh instagram right yeah, I do. Uh, it's from Adam Powell, um, who is uh, a, a father of one of the racers that races here in Ontario. And 
he he brought it up, and I'm I'm struggling with this and moving forward. And I think I know the answer, and it's it's probably just a simple one. But the question was, how come the pro class at the local level has pretty much non-existent or gone away? Um, you know, back in the in the '90s here in Ontario, he was referring to he's like we had gates of 20, 25 guys. You know, there was like myself and Mesley and 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 Pomeroy and Wallen and Burr and and Newf, You came in and did our our Ontario series a lot yeah. and and outsiders Dubé used to come in and and stuff like that um and he's like what's happened is it just because they want more money do they not want to spend the time at the track um and i think the simplest thing is of course they want to make money like a lot of the reason when i turned pro was that you started getting paid um and i don't believe that there's less money right now going into it right there is only one class where back in those days there was the two classes right now if we did the 125 and the 250 on on pro on pro days um but the uh i don't think it is less money but also cost of event is probably doubled yeah right so there isn't as much money to pay back but i mean i still pay back 200 percent and, uh, you know, for instance, I think um, I want to say my Auburn or no, not Auburn because we didn't get the Pro-Am in. Um, it was the Gopher one. One of the first ones, the guy walked away with 500, 500 plus dollars. Yeah. Um, is that good? Is that bad? I mean, do they deserve a thousand dollars? Yes. Uh, yes. One hundred percent. A pro at any sport deserves it. And if you remember, if you went four ones in a day back in, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, you could bring home about twelve hundred bucks, right? It was like two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars a moto win, because it was two thousand dollars plus two hundred percent. So, is that on the promoter? Should I be putting two thousand dollars in, or is it yeah, like? But I, I, you feel know, I, I feel though, I feel though, you've tried different things, and I mean, we've we've tried different things out here in my in my spring <laughs> races, like before the national start. I've gone to a three moto format for the pro am class, twenty minutes plus a lap motos, right? I mean, there's only so much time in a day to try to attract these pros, but I, it just boils down to there's not that many fucking pros anymore. Like, there's really not. Like, yeah. well, I mean, wait a minute, I I beg to differ because if you go to the nationals right now, if we picked apart, there's probably twenty Ontarians and twenty BC riders. Yeah. Why the fuck are they all going to all the local events? Yes, in June they go to the nationals, but is it our fault that we're not putting up a big enough purse to keep those guys home? And then if we did keep those guys home for the nationals, are they going to get you know the team deal and all that kind of stuff? Like, Take or them, may, maybe yeah. we don't do races in June. Like I'm yeah. I'm contemplating that next year of only having two in June. Although this year it actually uh, I did threes, but having two like one at the beginning, so I go up against one national. Yeah. Um. And but maybe I have like a pro drop for my series, but putting up a series purse where they have yeah. to race a certain amount of money or a certain amount of thing. But yeah. again, yeah. I've offered that before. I did, I put up a five thousand dollar purse a couple years ago, um, and two hundred percent at all my rounds, and I had like four fucking guys do the whole yeah. series. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think there's well, there's a couple things. One, you know, this weekend I had nine guys in my pro am class, and I had eleven. I had eleven. None, and none of them were national follower pros. I mean, I won the first pro-am moto. Like, that shouldn't be happening these days. Um, but a couple things here. So, one, the this new generation of guys, I really believe. Gully, back when you were just saying the Ontario Provincials, you'd listed out fucking 20 guys would come co- from Quebec. You know, Dubé would come. Fucking Simon Belzile, Holmes, yeah. all these guys. Because... 
I truly believe, and I still believe in this, and I know you do too, the way to get better is to race and gate drops and ride with fast guys, right? I mean, there's no there's no better way to, to calm the nerves before a national than race against your competition as much as you hate to do that. But now this new age generation, they believe in training facilities and practicing more than what we maybe did back in the day. We'd rather race back in the day than go load up and go riding. Yeah, yeah 100%. I know for myself, I mean, there was many times where I would just literally race weekend to weekend to weekend and not ride very much during the week because I was like, hey, I'm getting more out of racing even though they're shorter motos and, and whatnot, but I would get more out of racing. Plus you'd make a couple bucks. Um, and it was a huge confidence builder. I mean, you can go ride by yourself at the fucking local track and look like a hero and think that you're awesome until you get to the national where it counts. And you're like, Holy fuck, I'm way off the pace. Right. I, I I've seen it time and time again. I mean, I watch those club MX vlogs there. They're awesome. And, Jeremy Martin, you know, talking about coming into the series. He's never felt better. He's never been in better shape. Shows up at Paula. Holy fuck, we got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. way off yeah. the pace, not even close. Um, so I just think that it's a generational thing that these guys would rather just stay at home and, and, and practice and, and train and then come to, the, come to the national on the weekend. They don't have the desire. They don't want to sit at the race all day. Um, to get in a couple motos, um, I think that's that's what it boils down to. Do I agree with it? No, I don't, because it it sucks as a promoter. I mean, we want to have a pro class. We want to have a big pro class like it used to be, but it just doesn't seem, no matter what. I did hear, um, actually, just a couple of minutes ago, I got a message from one of my dealers. McNabb raced on the weekend in Manitoba, local sand track. Nice. Um, cool. He raced. Racine raced your race, right? Yeah. Racine raced my race. I had Racine, Tristan Dares, Max Filipek. Yeah. Uh, as far as yeah, Max doesn't go out west, so that's fine, but he'll do all the East Coast. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. Oh, Ben LeClaire was another pro yeah. guy that was there. But why not, like, well, like, oh, Tanner, I mean, Tanner Ward was coming. He, he blew up a bike. Okay. Um, but yeah, Benoit, Benoit raced in Trink Junction. So they're, I guess they're saying there are guys going to, they're just not yeah. all going to one spot, I yeah. guess, kind of thing. They're picking and choosing, which is understandable, you know, whichever's easier and, and local kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, I, we just named off six guys that are doing the national series that are racing, but, right. uh, Dylan Wright said he just, he was, he wasn't ready to go race or he would have raced, um, which would have been cool. But, uh, like, you know, um, you know, Moffenbeier's raced four times this year. All right, he yeah. raced my Sandley and three nationals. Why not? Why not come out and race Sandley this weekend? Uh, Austin Jones was going to race. He got sick. Um, uh, Tyler Medallia. He oh, he took his kid to, to Loretta's this weekend. Right, so that was a, a bit of a, you know he's he's in a different phase of his career. Tyler probably doesn't need to race as much, but just all the young kids, all the youngest yeah. kids going across the country right now. Um, I think Mitchell Harrison. I don't know if it was a race at Dreamakers, but he was at Dreamakers. Uh, I don't think it was a race though. Um, I don't know. I just I and like. For me, looking at it too, you're racing Sandalee in three weeks. Yeah. Why not go out there and race this national yeah. if you if you yeah, can? I like I said, Tanner Ward was gone. I'm, but he blew his bike up. So he he called me, he said super sore. I'm like, yeah, dude, no worries, like no big deal. But you know, Sandalee, and then I have Walton coming this weekend. Why Jeremy Mackay? Why isn't Jerry why wasn't Jeremy Mackay at Sandalee? He didn't race anywhere. Yeah. You know, Daniel Elmore. Why, you know, why didn't he fly in and go to Sandalee and he's staying at Sims House? To get, I, think like, to Wal- I think he's going to Walton. This I week. believe they're coming to Walton this weekend. Yeah. So maybe it's like, I, I get it all and everything, but it's also like fucking race guys like race, man. 
I know it costs money to get in, but if you come to a local race now, whether it's mine or Noof's, or if it's a Manitoba, I don't know what those guys pay and stuff. You can make 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Get some long motos, get some track time. Well, it's a break showcase, even. It's a break showcase, even, right? Showcase who you are. Promote your sponsors. People will be fucking taking pictures of you to post on your Instagram. Look at my buddy, the Noof, this weekend. The guy never posts on fucking Instagram. He gets two, <laughs> he gets two videos, slow mode of himself. You know what I mean? Like it's the, the opportunities are there to help promote what you're doing and what you are and what you have. And sometimes I think the boat is missing. You're right, Noof. They'd rather practice. And I think they're missing the boat on that. They're missing the opportunity to promote themselves, who they are, what they do, and to, to advance them um, on, the, on the market share of their riding abilities. Um, yeah. So, But uh, if the fix is just some more money, I mean, I don't know. I, on a promoter side of things, ammo, we, I'm getting 600 inches. Yeah, the business is doing well. We're making money. But I just I have the hardest time going and saying, yeah, I'm going to put up 2,000 bucks and I have three fucking guys show up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, like, also doesn't, it also doesn't give a lot of hope to our – 600 entries that are amateurs trying to chase the not all of them of course are not trying to chase the dream right like what's the fucking like there's no incentive at the end of the tunnel for these guys to like be like man i want to be like whoever like that yeah. just won the pro class at Sandalee and everyone's cheering them on and and like that's that's a cool feeling right so fucking right it is fucking right it is and regardless i mean it dude it like Regardless of who's in the class, it feels good to win. I don't care what class it is. Like, it feels good to win. That's why we do this. Like, if yeah. you're competitive, you want to do, do well. But you, you feel good winning, like, Vet Master? Well, I don't win Vet Master. That's the problem with that. But. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways, moving yeah. on. Okay, Galdi. I guess we probably get the rest of the sponsors in now. We're, we're uh, pushing yeah. an hour, so... Yeah, let's uh, – uh, Guts Racing, Pulp 23 is the code, gutsracing.com. Great seats, vintage stuff, lightweight phantom foam, work with many racers and teams, etc. cetera, gutsracing.com. Um, Ammo Racing, big thanks to those guys uh, for helping us uh, get going here. So I put a little bit of money into the to our company boys to help us get us, get us the products to make Ken sound so fucking good when he's coughing. Um, <laughs> Renegade Fuel, racers that win, pour it in. Uh, Noof won the first moto on the weekend. Did you have Renegade Fuel in their bike? Fucking MX4, buddy. MX4. He sniffs it and then puts it in his bike. So he's high on life and then <laughs> high on a check on the checkered flag. Renegade fuel. And then of course the Hall Racing Fuel's big shout out to Blake Fuel. Passionate about racing with the roots to prove it. Um big shout out to them. And um uh who am I missing here? I feel like uh, I missed Guts. Guts. Yeah. No, I said guts. I said guts. I said renegade. Oh it, no, I feel like I was missing one, but now throw it to Matrix Concept, right? That's yep. it. Yep. Yeah, matrixconcepts.ca sitting here right now in the beautiful office getting ready to load up the Matrix Concepts uh, company vehicle heading east real quick. So uh, we are going to be at ECAN with the Matrix Concepts Canada Whole Shot Awards. Galdi, I think you knew about Ooh, this, right? I did, yep, yep. Very cool. giving out whole shot money to all 22, is 22 or 24 classes um, on the final day of racing. Nice big check printed up, and you or whoever is doing the podium will have the cash in hand to give to the uh, whole shot winners of those classes. I will also have a nice little setup with uh, some freebies to give away, some product on display, nice. um, some refreshments can be adult or um, adult beverages. I plan on having in the tent as well. 
Oh, so. you, su- you support alcohol at Matrix Concepts. I like that. That's a great company. It's well, a great company. I we're mean, going to Quebec, so everybody there drinks. You, you, get, a, you get a fucking uh, Matrix gas can, you fill it up with beer and walk around the pits. We'll be doing, uh, we'll be doing beer bongs out of a Matrix uh, funnel. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sign me up. Sign me up. So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be at Ecan and Transcan with a full setup, uh, product on display. Like I said, giveaways, brochures, pamphlets, um, and that that whole shot uh, whole shot money coming to Deschambeau. That's cool. All I can nice. hear now, Ken, is uh, I'm fucking so tired. I'm working so hard at these events. Like fucking Brad, he's <laughs> making slaving me. Oh my god, that's what I'm gonna hear at the at the trailers at the event and end of our at the 58th day of our trip. Yeah. <laughs> no, we sure adult beverages will help we'll too. be talking by then yeah. <laughs> no. okay Galdi uh, you had the idea that uh, we should just you and Noof could tell your best story from over the years over your careers uh, out west since we're closing down the west portion of the series so uh, you already gave us a little preview before we started the show here and I'm kind of excited I get to kind of just go into listener mode here and, and take this story and so why don't you tell us about your uh, most interesting story from riding and racing out west over the years. Well, uh, there are some that are probably better than that. That are probably I don't need to share. They're about women and drinking and partying yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. th- those, if anybody meets me at the track and you want to hear those ones, I gladly tell you. <laughs> um, I love all those moments, and I remember pretty much every one of them. Lethbridge, oh my god, Lethbridge, what a town! Um, <laughs> but this one for me, uh, my uh, my sort of best racing moment and funniest sort of uh, off track sort of stories come from the same event 1999 nanaimo um i'll go to the racing side of it first because the other parts are a little funnier um i i have a a pretty decent day um i'm uh i should have won the first moto which would have been my very first ever moto win actually would have been my only one because the three three i've only got an overall uh over uh when i battled jay whipple who is a trainer to a lot of the, the top guys down in the states um josh hill speaking of him at the beginning of the show he's trained josh hill anyway we're battling and I pass him. I blow a turn. He gets back by me. I pass him again. He fucking throws his goggles and I pass him and I can't even stay in front of him long enough to bruise the fucking guy in his eyes. And he gets back by me and the guy beats me with no fucking goggles on. Like I, I was like, I was so irate at losing this moto that it, it was just like, it, it set the tone for the rest of the day. I won't tell the other story yet until we get to the end part. But so in the next moto, I, I start second again. I'm battling up front, this and that, and I kind of I get tight and struggle a little bit. And I stall my bike on the last lap, and I end up going two five on the day for fifth overall. <laughs> nice. Like fucking bro, should have been podium, should have been a win, and I end up getting fifth on the day. Fifth. Just no losing my mind after this moto. So I'll back up a little bit now. So the night before on the Saturday, right, my uh, my the crew of boys they go to the party. My mechanic at the time is the guy Disco Stew, Adam Robinson. And he's my mechanic. He wants to go out and party. Meet, they meet some girls, him and Thorny and a, a bunch of other guys. They're like going, and I'm like, you know what, boys? I've partied all week. I'm going to stay home. Uh, so I get up in the morning. Nobody's around. I'm like, all right, well, I don't have the keys to my truck or the trailer to get into the fucking track. I'm like, um, I got to hitch a ride with my buddy that I'm staying with. So he drives me to the track and get to the track. And it's like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes to riders meeting. Still no truck and trailer. I got no bikes, no nothing. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, well. Boom, the Rogers Mini starts. There's my truck and trailer. It pulls in, just goes hung right over, boost stink coming off everybody. And I'm like, I'm, just, I'm yelling at him. I'm freaking out. You know, the, the day now is fucking, I'm, I'm pissed off. So we get into practice and this and that. And then I come back from practice and there's a fucking cop car 
sitting beside my trailer waiting for me. And I, I get my helmet off and I'm like, uh, Hey, how you doing officer? He's like, are you Ryan Gall? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, um, this trailer and truck was spotted leaving an SO gas station without paying for gas. And I'm just like, Oh my fucking God, are you guys kidding me? So my good old buddy Thorndog, who used to never really have deep pockets in the budget and, you know, didn't mind doing some law breaking, stole the fucking stole his gas that he pumped into <laughs> a gas can Get puts it in, and it does it on my pump where my truck and trailer was. And he's like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, man, I, I wasn't there. And my and disco comes back after mechanic and in the pits. And he's like, Oh man, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And there's thorny, like hiding in the fucking machine cube van, kind of looking and laughing at us. Cause he knows we're getting pinched. So that starts the day with that. Then we get into the motos and I have this moto problem. And then, so after the second 125 moto, there's a whack of kids, Hanging around, we used to have posters, these cool posters back then, right? It was like the first year we ever had posters at machine racing because John was so fucking cheap. And it was like, you don't need that fucking garbage, fucking this and that back then. Shut up and ride. That was the attitude under the tent. So anyway, we get posters done. And the uh, these kids are all lined up. And I get back after the moto. I'm obviously pissed off because I just stole my bike. And I get in the I get in the freaking trailer. I've told this story before, like on Pulp and stuff like that. But it, this, like I said, this this is the whole day. So I get back to the trailer and I get in and there's my John Nelson, the owner of a machine back then he gets in and he starts sifting through the cupboards in the trailer and the trailer doors are kind of shut. I just, I'm like, I need a minute to decompress and kind of clean myself up and then I'll come out and sign some posters. So the, he comes in and, he, and the doors are shut and he's looking through the, through the cupboard cupboards in the trailer. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, get out of here, man. I'm pissed off. And we still got a 250 motor to go. I'm get out of here. He's like, he goes, you're a fucking loser. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for red tape. I'm like, red tape? He's like, yeah, you should have red numbers on your bike. You're a fucking beginner junior rider. Who the hell is, what professional stalls their bike on the last lap of a pro national? Like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, you fucking loser. And then I'm like, fuck you. And we're both back and forth. And next thing you know, we're shoving and pushing each other in the back of my trailer. It's rocking back and forth like you're watching your buddy blast some chick in there. Like, just going back and forth. And then we get out of the trailer. And there's Disco Stu and all these kids just like with this sort of, surprise look on their face and i come out and and i got my jerseys kind of ripped from him grabbing me and stuff and he he's way bigger than me he fucking threw me around like a rag doll i get in and i'm like hey kids how's it going like nothing even happened <laughs> and then we finished the day right there and we have a beer at the end of it and else is like sorry about that i'm like actually i deserved it and he's like yeah you did you fucking beginner and then from that moment on i was nothing but a beginner and then the next week two weeks later i think it was i ended up winning my first national with a 3-3 for the overall but that was my 99 nanaimo story cops getting beat up, stalling a bike. And I should have won a fucking moto with a guy with no goggles. And I didn't even beat him. The guy had no fucking goggles. <laughs> it's like be, getting, it's like losing to an off-road guy. Yeah. Hey, was no, that, no goggles. Was <laughs> that the weekend? Was that the weekend that Nelson put on the pit board? Why are we here? Question mark. Uh, no, that was, um, that was the year before in oh. Overton. That was the year before 1998 in Overton. He's like, why are we here? You suck. Take up golf. <laughs> <laughs> on the pit board but then yeah why are you here i'm riding by the pit That's board awesome. and my neck just like fucking snaps looking back at it like you such an asshole <laughs> why are we here yeah yeah so nice. that was, I was that around, right i was around in 99 well i didn't see nelson throwing you around because to be quite honestly i was scared of nelson back then and oh was yeah intimidating like an Next intimidating time. guy but remember i broke my wrist during the week yeah and, uh and those fucking whoops still yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that was and killer miller looked after you yeah, took good care of me. Took me to the hospital. Yeah, Killer Miller. Um, anyway, that's my uh, my one of my best West moments there. Great times out in BC, and and um, maybe one time down the road here, we'll 
maybe the, the, yeah, we can do an after hours uh, chat about Lethbridge because yeah. goddamn that town was fucking wonderful. Oh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll back it up with an Nanaimo story, but I'm going to the year 2000. Um, I was 16 at the time, coming off of fairly quote unquote successful 99 season at the age of 15. Number 16 on the bike too. Number 16 on the bike with two-wheel Kawasaki, which was back then the team that you wanted to be on. I mean, they were the glitz and the glamour. And had Blair Morgan the previous year, Doug DeHaan, the big rig, which really isn't a big rig anymore. Everybody has those. But, um, yeah, came into the series thinking my shit didn't stink and I was going to fucking kill it. Went to Nanaimo for the first round. Um... It was also the largest team probably in Canadian motocross history. There was myself, Mitch Cook, Donald Upton, Josh Woods, uh, Ryan Huffman, and I'm missing somebody. Pomeroy. Pomeroy. That's right. Sorry, Palms. Yeah, he'll be upset that I forgot that. So a six-man team that, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous how many guys there were. And some guys were riding two classes back. Like the West guys would ride 125s and 250s. And then us East guys would just ride 250s. So anyways, get to Nanaimo. And I barely scored points both motos. Like the whole team sucked besides Josh Woods. Woods was good that day. Uh, Huffman was a weirdo. Uh, Remember he took out Doug Dubok, um, cleaned him out in that first 250 moto. Yeah. Um, was way out in front, faded back. Upton was just okay. Pomeroy sucked. I sucked. Cook sucked. Um, everybody on the team sucked except Josh Woods, and Josh was getting favoritism for sure from Ron because Ron loved Josh. Yeah. So we're staying at the campground at the bottom of the hill because um, we were all camping. We didn't have hotels. Well, some guys did, but most of us were just staying at the campground, sleeping in the trailer. Bit of a, we won't get into the details, but a bit of a, Life highlight for me happened the leading up to the week there on a picnic table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sweet, yes. Yeah. Sweet. One of those moments that you'll always remember, yep. which most people listening to this would would know what I'm talking about. But anyways, I'm pretty sure you can say about it, buddy. You lost your virginity <laughs> <laughs> on a picnic table. Yeah. Um, anyways, we sucked that day. Go back to the campground. Ron gets us all up in the morning. Me, Mitch, uh, Upton, and I think Palms was still there. And if anybody's been to Nanaimo, you know how big that hill is coming up to the track. Like, it's literally uphill for probably 3 or 4K. So Ron makes us run to the top of the hill because we're all out of shape and we suck, and that was going to make the difference. And then he drives to the top of the hill with our bikes and makes us pound 30-minute motos at that fucking hell hole um, after the national so you can imagine Holy what shit. kind of condition the track was. yeah concrete and it was i'll literally never forget i was like thinking in my head like can i just fucking crash here and get hurt because this is like the most miserable <laughs> fucking thing um and then we went to calgary the following weekend and we still all sucked so it didn't, didn't work anything. but that's yeah. a that's a story that sticks out in my head of just yeah Fucking Nanaimo delivers the cops virginity. Fucking remember, we always used to say it was the worst track, but it always had the best racing, right? Yeah, but racing was always yeah, you've good. Said so that a few times. That's maybe we got to go to Nanaimo again, boys. Put in the petition. Yeah, and it had a cactus club. Remember, it was the first cactus club. Oh, fuck, cactus club and Earl's yeah. girls, Earl's girls. Yeah. Oh, god, 
fucking town was just painted with pretty women. Yeah. Beautiful uh, women. Back to the national side of thing here a little bit. A lot of talk of Andy Troots on the podium at Gopher. I got guys wanting to take bets with me. Oh, really? Um, what do you guys think? Andy Troots, podium, Gopher? Uh, Did you I take mean, the bets, No. Did you take the yeah. bets? No, I haven't taken them yet. I'm not. I'm not. not there. Really not. The guys want to bet at least a hundred, and I'm not. No. I got to pay for this gas going across Canada. <laughs> so, so that's why you're going to be doing the Matrix Concept tents because you're going to have to pay for the fuel. Yeah, right. There we go. I said, um, I said to the one guy this morning on Instagram. I said, "There's no way I see him beating Dylan or T Dags for sure." I mean, those guys both are just fucking animals, and I would argue that there's probably only a few people in the world that could beat those guys at Gopher when it gets gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Um, with their success before now, Pettis and Moff would be my two question marks. Both have had success at Gopher, but maybe not as consistent success as T Dags or Dylan. Um, I think Moff is obviously better this year and, and obviously Pettis is healthy, but Pettis made me a little bit nervous when the going got tough in Kamloops. He was off, right? Now, I'm sure there's probably more to the story on that. I could see him getting a podium then. Like, I, I don't see him beating the two that I said, but... Well, Galdi, he said he grew up, what, 15 minutes from Lommel, right? Yeah, that's like his home track, or yeah. whatever, right? Belgians so. are always good to say. But man, he's got to make up like a minute. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like it's a yeah. big fucking gap. I, I mean, obviously the story would be great and all, but I, that's just that that gap is so damn big to that fourth place rider. No matter if it was if it was Pettis, T Dags, um, or D- like well, Dylan hasn't got a fourth yet, but um, yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I don't I don't see that. I I, I couldn't take that bet. I don't know. No. Maybe maybe if I see something out there, I could, could take that bet, Sandali, but um, but Sandali's not near near the same thing of, of, yeah. of roughness. No, and, no, I think but, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen at Gopher because there's those weirdo things that happen, right? Gas. I mean, yeah. although we've, we've come to a point where those top guys, you know, they're running bigger tanks and everything like that. So that's not He a, is, uh, I don't know if he's here yet, but he's supposed to be coming to Ontario any day now and he's going to Raglan. Which is just, yeah, which is just a nonsense shit. That's where Quinn does all his training for sand and just yeah. deep, rough shit. So he's going to be prepared. Uh, um you know i don't know the, i don't know what it's like in belgium for humidity like growing up in the, uh, the heat like you know if yeah, gopher know. there's no fucking wind at that track there's no well, nothing the gp guys always struggle in the heat so that that could be that could be an issue um well the truth train listens to our pods so I mean, oh yeah he loves it weigh in on our instagram uh see what he what his thoughts are yeah. uh, i got one little national thing i don't know if it's going to happen 100 percent, but we could see Sandalee in reverse for the really? national wow we could yes yes i i i we were talking with kevin i was talking with kevin this past we weekend done before though no we yeah. have yeah but the problem they always had was the start right when you remember yeah. how fast it was and everything like that with so the now yeah. yeah the right hander and stuff like that and then because that's the hardest one he can't he doesn't move the gate and but anyway, I've come up with a bit of a solution. He's, he's like, I like it all. It's not a ton of work uh, where the guys come off the track. So it, it's not concrete, but we did discuss it this weekend, just something a little bit different. Um, I don't know if we'll see anything. It's always cool when you come east because Walton, uh, uh, Walton. Um, although Calgary's always done it pretty good too, but Walton, Gopher, and San Lee are all – they're all owned, right? They're all owned run businesses. So they put a little bit more effort into the tracks on certain times. So they always try to do something different. Um, you know, gophers added like rollers here or left the track rough or added a jump or something, right? So we'll see this year if something gets added at gopher. 
Um, I made a suggestion to Diggs actually, actually uh, uh, this year to th- that I thought would be cool for the fans, but I don't know if he'll do it. Um, he'll probably leave it rough from fucking today till the, the race. So, um, but um, anyway, could be going backwards at Santa Lee. We'll see. And Moncton's always good. Like the East always offers up a little bit of something different ever from year to year, which is kind of neat. Um, last thing, Doof, you you uh, you got some Piccolo news. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Jake is still on the road to recovery. Um, we did a little test session yesterday afternoon to uh was his first time back on the bike um since edmonton so i guess that's been four four weeks yeah four weeks ago so he did uh try to ride we got him a shoulder brace um he's been going to physio the plan is right now to get him back to ontario this week um because he's still he's out here obviously he met up with me at the office and we went and did a little ride yesterday so he's going to get back to, to Gopher where his motorhome and everything is and, um, yeah, start riding. He's at the point where he can start riding now, um, getting the heat. But I still think um, the last three are probably where we're at right now. We'll okay. probably start at Moncton. We don't want him to come back when he's not 100%. There's no, there's no real point. I mean, we've yeah, the game. Finding's yeah. going to continue on in the East, right? So obviously that's still in the hole of having a guy on the, on the GDR 250. But when he comes back, we want him to be battling for, for wins or podiums at least, right? So yeah. um, I think Sandalee could be a possibility, but I give that a 50% chance right now, depending on how the, the training goes. But he needs to get some time on the bike, get the hands toughened up again, everything like that. But obviously, it's a, it's a slower process than, than I want to see. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we don't do any further, further injury to him. Awesome. Um, yeah, good news on that. And then uh, big shout out to KTM, Husqvarna, and GasCast once again. Race Tech Suspension, Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension, Bristol Coachworks, and CallusMoto.com. Make sure you use that code CMXU at checkout for 20% off. Um, and I say next week we can do a bit of an East preview. We'll have a couple additional names uh, in there. Jake Trico, Max Filipek, uh, just to name a couple. And then um, we can kind of make some predictions as we head into the East and I'm sure we'll talk to a few riders and stuff like that. Should I do a manager a rookie check-in at all this week, boys? What do you think? Well, hold on one second. We're not. T- oh. We're going to do one next week too. Yeah, buddy. We need a week <laughs> off. Why? <laughs> well, all right, whatever. Oh, you got. You're busy. You're a busy guy. Well, I'm going to be driving. How do you think my fucking phone's going to work? All right. Well, we'll make a decision, fans. Apparently, they, I'm the only hey, one that likes talking about stuff on here, guys. All right, Ken, I want to manager check-in with you and Al Dick. Al Dick's on cue this week. Call Al Dick? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Al Dick. I can do that. Sweet. I can do that. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Here one last thing. I wanted to give a shout-out uh, to Mike Treadwell's dad passed away yesterday. So, Oh, uh, oh shitty. Yeah, bummer. I knew you, you knew Harvey, right? Don't yeah, you, yeah not as good man. as you did, but yep. Fucking great, man, and... Uh, yeah, texting a little bit with Tread yesterday, so um, yeah, bummer for the Treadwell family and uh, yeah, Harvey. Yeah. Rest in peace, Harvey. <laughs>